Good morning, Times Square Church. I am so excited to remind you that tonight is our Times Square Church Christmas music special at 7 p.m. I really want to encourage you to join us tonight for a night of worship and amazing testimonies of God's goodness and faithfulness, not only during this Christmas season, but during a difficult season. So that is tonight, the TSC Christmas music special that you can go to our website and begin to join us for that exciting time. And also, don't forget that this coming Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is the premiere showing of the TSC original Christmas movie. What a great opportunity for you as a family to watch something that has a faith-based challenge. I know every single Christmas Day, they show the Christmas story over and over again for 24 hours. Why don't you do something different this year? Put aside Hallmark, put aside Christmas Story, and why don't you do something special with your family that may even open up an opportunity for discussion on what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the TSC music special, Christmas music special tonight, and then Christmas Eve, the premiere showing of the TSC original movie. Let's pray. I believe God's gonna speak to us today. Father, in your name, I thank you for what you did for us, for all of humanity. You sent your son. It was motivated by love to send your son to become, as man, that your son would then not just be born, but grow up and go to a cross. That was the mission. The motive was love. The mission was the cross. And so, Father, today, would you let people see in this Christmas season how much they are loved. Let them today find their way all the way to the very feet of Jesus to worship him. In your name we pray. Amen. I remember growing up with a children's show called Sesame Street. Sesame Street did a piece that is really close to the Christmas story. Who would have thought? You know, there's an old fairy tale where the beautiful princess kisses an ugly frog and the frog becomes the handsome prince and it ends with they live happily ever after. But Sesame Street reversed it. Sesame Street has the princess kissing the frog, listen to this, and the princess turns into a frog. That's Christmas. It's the day that God came, kissed this planet, motivated by love, with a mission of the cross, with the birth of his son on that night, God became man. The princess kissed the frog, God becomes man. That's where that powerful verse calls that night a mystery. Listen to 1 Timothy 3.16. This is the mystery of godliness. He, God, was made visible in human flesh. That's what we're celebrating. That was the night that that baby was born. God in the flesh, justified and vindicated in the Holy Spirit, was seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. That's the mystery. That's the incarnation night. That's Christmas Eve. It's just like Sesame Street said. It is the princess kissing the frog. It is God becoming man. I have to tell you who my hero is during this COVID season. Her name is Mary Daniels, and I just read her story just the other day. Mary hasn't seen her husband for over 100 days due to COVID restrictions in a senior care facility. In fact, a few years ago, her husband was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and had to be moved into a care facility in Jacksonville, Florida. She had been visiting her husband every single night and would get him ready for bed. But when the, when the coronavirus pandemic hit, the health facilities 
restricted anyone from coming in because COVID-19 would be vulnerable to all those patients. All those patients would be vulnerable to COVID-19. The facility closed to visitors on March 11th, and that was the last time that Mary would see her husband. Mary was worried that her husband was spending so much time alone, he was going to begin to detach from his past because Mary being there every single night gave him a thread of the, the memory of all those years married and as a family. And especially with dementia patients, this was vital for him. But something happened. Mary found a way after being separated for 114 days. A few months ago, Mary applied to be a part-time dishwasher in that care facility. The job now allows Mary to see her husband every single day, not simply as his wife, but literally as the dishwasher, and she made a way. She became, ready for this, a servant to see and minister to the one that she loves. Does that sound familiar? See, the only way Jesus was going to enter our world was for him to enter into the role of a servant. That's how much God loves us. We serve a God that is not just afraid to kiss frogs and become one, but we serve a God that is not afraid to wash dishes and to become a servant. Nothing is more amazing to me than the incarnation night, the night God became man. God becomes a servant for all of humanity. I want to read to you about that incarnation night, that Christmas Eve night, so we can celebrate as we get ready for the holidays. But I also want you to see a warning in here that I think is important for every one of us to take hold of. For the past three Sundays, we have focused on Matthew chapter 2. Every single Sunday, from the first Sunday of dealing with the close being very far and the far being very close, to last Sunday of turning our singing into worship. And today, I want to teach you about not stopping too short, about not stopping at a star. I'll explain it as we begin to talk about this, because I want you to keep this in mind. If God went all the way for us, we are going to go all the way for him. If God would come from heaven to earth, I believe today you can make a decision that takes you from earth to heaven. And in this story, you're going to see those three magi that could have stopped short of the manger, but went all the way to the Son of God. Let me read it to you. This is Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When, he, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, quoting from Micah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi, and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. And after hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, 
and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then opening up the treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, there is a new crime that, that happens every single holiday that is happening even around this country. The new thing that is happening now is people are stealing baby Jesus from manger scenes. In Wellington, Florida, um, baby Jesus was stolen for the last two years running. There's a wealthy community that their baby Jesus, they said, was worth up to $1,800. And the third time around, they actually put a GPS inside of it and traced the, the thief all the way to their home and prosecuted. The baby Jesus doesn't even have to be expensive. A few years ago in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, thieves not only stole the plastic baby Jesus, they took the concrete block and chain that meant to keep that from happening. They say they call it the stolen baby Jesus syndrome. Some take the babies as a joke, but they said many do it to protest Christmas. In fact, Chicago said that it was a student at the School of the Art of Institute in Chicago that was arrested for stealing the baby Jesus figure from the nativity scene in Daly Plaza. Two witnesses saw him pull this three-foot figure from the manger and literally just walk away with it. And, and, and that very thing of trying to take Jesus from literally this story, from what this holiday season is all about, is really like this. See, Christmas without Christ is like a nicely wrapped box given as a present, but with no present inside. See, people want everything about Christmas except the birthday boy, except the godchild that was born that night, the who we celebrate. They want the what, but without the who. They remove Jesus. If they remove Jesus, you get a holiday, but you miss eternity. See, to steal Jesus is to steal the bowing, the kneeling, the worshiping. And the only thing that we're left with is a day off from work. The birth of Jesus was not meant simply to get you from work to home for a day, but it was to get you from earth to heaven forever. And today we're faced in a moment where now the creator who was born that day has been pushed aside and for the creature now to be the very one that's running the holidays. The apostle Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter one, verse 25, all because they traded the truth of God for a lie. Listen to these words. They worshiped and serve the things God made rather than the God who made all things. I want to say that last phrase again because I want you to see this, this, this possible danger and warning in this Christmas story night. They worshiped and served the things God made rather than the God who made all things. See, I believe that night the Magi could have worshiped the wrong thing that night. They could have been in awe of the wrong thing that night. Let me explain again from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived. And they said, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. It's that phrase that I began just to pause and just began just to think about. Because I want to show you just from that phrase how amazing God is and how careful that we need to be. Listen to these words. God, from that night, was telling us that he is committed to clarity and helping humanity to hear his voice. Or I want to say it to you this way. God knows your language. 
He knows how to talk to you. How did God clearly communicate to get people to that manger that night? This is, this is epic when you see what was taking place. Because in Matthew chapter 2, we see three magi. In Luke chapter 2, we see shepherds in a field. And what's interesting is how God communicated to each one astounds me and shows the greatness of God. See, to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, God used angels to bring the great news of the birth of Jesus. For the Magi, what we just read in Matthew chapter 2, God used a star to get them to where they needed to be. Think of that again. Luke chapter 2, God took angels from heaven to announce the birth of the king. And in Matthew chapter 2, God used a star to take these magi from Persia, from Babylon, and get them to the manger. See, why didn't, listen to these for for just a moment, why didn't the shepherd get stars and the magi get angels? Or why isn't that God just used the same thing for both of them? Why isn't that God just said everybody gets angels or everybody gets a star to get them to the manger? It's because God knew their language. He knew how to communicate clearly to humanity, to get them to Jesus. See, the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 were Jewish, and they believed in angels. It's all part of Jewish history. From the very beginning in the book of Genesis, all the way throughout to the book of Revelation, God's messengers, God's army are angels, and the Jewish people understood when an angel came. But what's interesting is that the Magi were Babylonians. They weren't Jewish, and they believed in astrology. They believed in the stars. In a sense, the Magi spoke stars, and the shepherds spoke angels. And what God was saying was, is that God knows your language to get you to Jesus. He knew that a shepherd didn't need a star, and he knew that a Magi didn't need an angel. He said, God was telling us, I am so committed to getting you to Jesus that I will speak your language to get you right to the the very manger where that Christ would be born. See, for for some, God knew that, that are watching right now. Maybe someone sent you this as a link. Maybe God knew you wouldn't step into a church building. So what he did, because he loves you so much, he would put it online. He knew you wouldn't step into a building, but he knew you'd open up a laptop or watch on a phone. It's God literally saying, I am going to find a way for you to come in contact with the Son of God. And here's what's amazing. On that night, the Magi made it all the way to Bethlehem. And I would do a disservice. I want to I say this to you tonight, this morning. I would do a disservice to all the women right now if I didn't highlight the first Christmas miracle that was in verse 2. The Magi said, where is he who had been born king of the Jews. You ready, ladies? Men asking for directions. This is the first Christmas miracle. A man asking for directions. But thank God they did. But there's something more profound than those three men asking for directions on where that manger was. They needed, listen, they needed direction to get to the Son of God. See, the star got them to Bethlehem them stopping to ask directions got them to Jesus. See, in those, if those three wise men didn't simply go, where is, where is he who has been born? I'm king of the Jews. They could have stopped short with a star. They could have stopped short where the star brought them. And this is why this is important. 
There are those star moments that can get us into the vicinity of Christ, but sometimes we may need some further instructions to get us all the way. What do you mean, Pastor Tim? See, I've watched people that tragedy may get us to pray, whether it's COVID-19 or a personal tragedy that can get people thinking about God, get people praying to God. Even tradition can get me to a Christmas Eve service, maybe even watching the TSC Christmas special. Loneliness and even emptiness into a season like this may get me to church. It could be tradition. It could be tragedy. It could be loneliness and emptiness. Those things, it's awesome that it gets us on the path, but I don't want you to stop there. I want you, like those three magi, to go all the way to Jesus. What happens when people stop short with a star and don't end up at the manger? You know what I think happens? They end up worshiping the creation instead of the creator. That's what Paul says in Romans 1.25, that instead of worshiping the God who created all things, he worshiped, they worship the things that he created. He says that's the lie that begins to take place. And those magi could have looked at that moment. They could have been in awe of a star and missed the bowing before the Son of God. And there are people that may be listening to me and go, Pastor Tim, really? Can someone stop short and look at a star? No way can that happen. Okay, let me put it to you this way. Are you Sagittarius? Are you Capricorn? Isn't it amazing that a little less than 50% of our population check their horoscopes, the stars, every day to see what's going to happen to them? What, what a racket. It's all bogus when you think about it. It's people stopping short, looking at stars instead of going all the way to Christ. It's, now, now don't, don't be angry with me because I know this is a racket. This is so bogus because when you look at what these horoscopes say, it's just made up stuff. I even actually said, I want to see what they're going to say about my birth date. You know what it was? This is what it said. Things should, should settle down for you pretty soon. You will be well suited for your day. Really? Really? That's what you got from me? You, got, you want to tell me things should start settling down? It's called normal life. It's called things, the way things happen in life. Come on, let's get serious here. I don't want to worship stars. I want to worship the ones that created the stars. You decide. You want to live a life that's by, by luck or do you want to live a life that's blessed by God? See, to stop at stars get you reading a newspaper and horoscopes, but to go further to the star creator, God himself, get you reading his word and his promises. Go past the stars and see the God who created them. Name them and you get a savior that knows you by name and not some person taking your money, giving you some generalities about tomorrow. The lie is this, to, to worship and to follow creation instead of the creator. That's Romans 1.25. That, that there is a story in John chapter 5 where this even becomes real. A man who has been in a condition of being paralyzed for 38 years, almost four decades, is laying by what they call the Pool of Siloam. And the tradition says that when the moving of the waters came, an angel would come down and move the waters. Whoever jumped in first would get healed. And then... This man, when Jesus shows up one day and Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? He says, I have no man to put me in the waters every time this has happened. He's been sitting there for four decades. Think about what this man was doing. He's relying on creation and now the creator is standing before him. Think of that. 
He's looking for moving waters, bubbly waters, and for a, for a, for a kind man. He's looking at creation to heal him, what's been going on for four decades. And I love the phrase that it says in John chapter, in John chapter 5, and immediately Jesus began to raise him up at that moment. Jesus can do immediately, even today, what man can't do in decades. It's when man looks at creation instead of the creator, we start following stars. And, and, and can, can I even take this a step further? I've seen the star even get crazier in the church. It's when the star becomes religious. It's when people begin to follow a pastor, a church, a priest, a personality. And let me just tell you, starting with myself, people will let you down. Just like that man in John chapter 5. He's looking for a man. He's looking for the moving of a water. And I'm telling you, when you look to simply a pastor, a priest, when you look to a church, when you look to a denomination, you're stopping short. Because the only one that can set us free, the only one that can set me free from my sins and my guilt, the only person that can get me to heaven was born that night on Christmas Eve. There is, there is, this is so important that we don't even stop short even today. What do you mean, Pastor Tim? Even while we're celebrating the birth of Jesus today on this Sunday, I don't want you to stop short at church. I don't want you to stop short at going, I went to church or I watched online and missed Jesus. That just because you may be happy and, and feel like everything is together doesn't simply mean that you, you've gone all the way to worship at that manger. You could say, I'm happy because God has given me a good marriage. God has given me a mate. I'm not lonely anymore. God has given us a child. We have a baby. I have a job. I haven't, been, I haven't had COVID. Every one of those things is a blessing from God. But remember this, they all have limitations. Here's what's most important. Of all the things God has given to us, marriage and mate, health and children, a job, an occupation, a place to stay at, the greatest thing that God has given to us is that on that night a son was born, a child was given. The goal during this season is to get you to the sun, not to stop at a star. Today, I want you to be challenged to go further. I want you to follow in the steps of those three magi, to go a little bit further. I want to, in fact, if I could, just as those men ask for directions, I want to give you directions today. I don't want you to stop short. See, those wise men were wise enough to follow the star and wise enough to realize they needed directions to get, that, to, get to that baby in that manger. In fact, the Bible says when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. See, when they saw the star, they rejoiced. But when they saw the child, they fell down and worshiped him. When I see a star, I can rejoice. But when I see that child and come in contact with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it's there that I worship. See, joy is good, but it's shallow without God. Let me say that again. Joy is good, but it's shallow without God. See, those that want to steal Jesus, the baby Jesus syndrome, steal Jesus out of this story and make it a holiday are trying to find joy without Jesus. See, if you try to find joy without Jesus, then you're always stopping short. See, Isaiah claims that the baby that was born that night is the Prince of Peace. In fact, one person says it like this, our trouble is we want peace 
without the prince, and you can't have one without the other. If he is the prince of peace, you have to have the prince. That's where the peace comes from. See, these three wise men realized it wasn't fireworks in the sky, but it was that baby who was the king that they needed to get to. The end of the journey for humanity is acknowledging him as king of our lives. I don't want to stop at something God has given in a sense of creation, but I want to go all the way to what God has provided, which is a savior. The creation, the creature worships creation and things will go bad for us. But when we begin to worship the one that was given to us, the one that created all this, that's where life starts. I want to I finish by asking a question here. The three magi get to the manger. They get to the stable. They see the manger. And here's my question. What does your heart and the stable where Christ was born have in common? Let me ask that. What does your heart and the stable where Christ was born have in common? Here it is. Let me give you a couple, let me give you a couple of answers. One, both places are unworthy of divine royalty. They're unworthy of God. Nobody cleaned up the stable before they arrived. So I want to challenge you today. So don't try to clean up your heart to make God like you. God loves you and he is the only one that can come and clean and cleanse our hearts today. Let me give you a second thing. Both places are chosen by God for the birth of his son. He came for you. That is why he's called a savior and a king. He chose that place. He chose our hearts and he chose the dirty heart for him to come. And finally, both places, the manger and our heart, cannot boast or call attention to themselves. Can I, can I just remind you? People, I've heard this, that, that we think um, we can't say God is lucky to have me. That's ridiculous. We need God. We need all of God. We are the most blessed people that on that night he provided a savior and that he would come and dwell in us. A place that is unworthy of divine royalty. A place that I can't clean up for his arrival. A place that he chose to birth inside of me, his son. See, God went all the way with his plan and I want us to do the same thing tonight. The three magi in Matthew 2, Matthew 2 went all the way to Jesus. And I want us to do the same tonight. See, Jesus is born so we might be born again. Let me say those words real clearly. Jesus is born that we might be born again. The new way we ask for directions today is by Googling. That's the new way we ask directions. The three magi had to stop and ask, where is he that is born king of the Jews? When I grew up, you would just pull over to a gas station. That's how I grew up. You asked directions at a gas station. I don't know why, but you just kind of assumed everybody knew in a gas station where you're supposed to go. That's how we define a gas station and ask for directions. Today in this generation, it's Google. I was riding up a few days ago in a Manhattan elevator, and as I was going up, they have a TV screen in there, and they were just throwing up just kind of... Uh, just all this mindless information of everything. And they, asked, they, they put up this bit of information. 
They said, here are the top four Google asks of direction for this year. Here they are. Number one, what were the results of the election? Number two, it was the typing in of coronavirus. Number three, you ready for this? How to cut men's hair at home during COVID-19. And number four, where is my stimulus check? Those are the four top Googles, the four top directions that have been typed into Google in 2020. These may be important, but if there's any directions that we need today is we need directions to eternity. We need directions because the creation can't give it to us, but the creator can. And that baby did. Jesus did. And like those wise men, I want to give you directions tonight. And I take my directions from Jesus because he who came from heaven to earth now wants to tell us how to go from earth to heaven. And he gives us these directions in John chapter 3. And these were his words. This is what Jesus said in John 3, 3. No one can see the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. Those are Jesus's directions. So we're not stopping short on just watching a church service online. We're not stopping short of watching a TSC Christmas special. We're not stopping short by just going, even going or watching a candlelight service at a cathedral or our church online. That's stopping short. That's stopping at the star. Let's get all the way to the manger. How do we do that, Pastor Tim? How do we get to Christ tonight? Jesus said this, unless a man or woman is born again, they will never see the kingdom of heaven. All right, Pastor Tim, then how does that happen? How do I make, how do I become born again? See, it's just as you had a first birth that most of you in a hospital, we need a second birth. That's the place, that's the stable manger. That's the heart and stable issue that God comes to our dirty heart. He comes to the place that is so unworthy of divine royalty. There's so much junk inside of us and God goes, that's where I want to be born. I want to birth spiritually inside of them. And it can happen like that man in John chapter 5 immediately. What you've been waiting for for 38 years, God says, I can do it in a moment. And he can right now. Pastor Tim, then how does that happen? Man, it is as simple as ABC. And we say that each week because we want you to understand the directions that God gave to us. A, it's in, in each of those letters begin to correspond to a word. A is admitting that we are a sinner. It's beginning to declare that, that we get honest with God and we have a condition called sin that can't be fixed by a star, a star pastor, a star priest. It can't be fixed by you being a star, by making promises or to go to a star program, a five-star program. It can only be fixed by the Son of God himself. We need help to fix this. I am broken on the inside. I am broken. The diagnosis is sin. Or as one man said, we're not mistakers in need of correction. We're sinners in need of a savior. I don't need a second chance. I need a second birth. And that's where the word B, the, the letter B comes in. Believe. Believe that God sent his son on that night to fix our sinful condition. Where everything around me wants to stop at a star. A star priest, a star pastor, a star cathedral, a star denomination, a star promise. We put all of that aside and we realize if we could fix ourselves, then God never would have sent his son. If I can get myself to heaven by being good or saying I've been baptized or I've, I've been a good person, I've, I've gone to church, my parents were good people, then why would Jesus have to come and die on the cross? Jesus' death for me was Jesus being my sin bearer. He died the death that I should have died. 
lived a life that I could not live and gave me a reward, heaven and forgiveness that I didn't deserve. Remember what we said at the very beginning? The motive of God to come was love, but the mission was the cross. And finally, the C word, it's confessing him as Lord. God sent his son not to ask us to go to church or to watch church online, but God gave his son to have a relationship and to confess him as Lord, saying, you're in charge now. To confess Jesus as Lord, that word Lord means you're the boss now. This is not you're in charge for two hours on Sunday or you get one day of the week. This is a relationship that calls for every day of the week. See, coming to church on Sunday, whether it's online or in person, that's religion. But walking with Jesus every single day, that's a relationship. That's why Christianity is coming to a person and not a place. And that person becomes in charge of our life according to Romans 10, 9, and 10. If you're listening right now, wherever you're at, just like that man in John chapter 5 who stopped looking at creation, the star, the moving of the waters, an angel, a man to put him in. Our answer is not found in humanity and our answer is not found in moving waters. Our answer is not found in stars. That's all creation. Romans 1.25, don't look at what God has created. Let's look at the God that created all these things. And today that God says, I want to live inside of your heart. I want to start a day-to-day relationship with you. Pastor Tim, I'm not perfect exactly. That's why the stable was dirty and Christ would be born there. My heart was dirty. And Christ said, I want to come in. Not only be born there, I want to cleanse it. I want to start a journey with you. I want you to be born again. Today can be your born again day. Your born again day. Pastor Tim, how does that happen? I want you to pray a prayer with me. To start this journey. Whether you're sitting in a living room or a kitchen whether you're in a fitness center or a car, whether you're riding a subway or at an airport right now. I want, I want you, you're going to hear me lead you in a prayer. It's not that these words are, 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 are magic. These words are literally just going to sum up those ABCs to get us to worship God and not stop short of getting to God. And today, this could be your day, the day that I'm born again. Wherever you're at, maybe as a family, maybe as a couple, or maybe you're right there by yourself, Would you pray these words with me? Come on, let's say this together from our heart. Dear Lord Jesus, come on, say it out loud. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me, so I would not have to go. You rose from the dead, to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Come on, say it with me. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm I'm so happy for you that you have made the greatest decision. What you did was you went further than creation. You went right to the creator. You went right to that manger. Because Christ was born, you and I can be born again. Today is your second birthday. I want to give you a challenge. One one next step for you. If you pray this prayer, you're going to see this on the screen. I want you to text the word, because this is what you did, decided, decided to 88202. I just want you to text it right now. 
we're going to send you just really some next steps on this brand new journey that you have are starting today because you are born again. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message and be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.